The Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This hour, we're speaking with Scott Bilker, uh, who is the author of several books about how to get out of credit card debt. Uh, he also runs uh, the online website Debt Smart. Uh, he has a book called Talk Your Way Out of Credit Card Debt, another one called Credit Card and Debt Management, and another one called How to Be More Credit Card and Debt Smart. Welcome to the show, Scott. Thanks, Jordan. Uh, it's great being on your show today. Okay, well, let's just start off overall with the, the general situation on credit card uh, debt in this country, and then we'll get into some specific strategies that people can use uh, to save money and to improve their whole credit situation. Give me a, a kind of overview of, of where we stand uh, with credit card debt in this country these days. Sure. Well, I mean, credit card debt, as you know, is going up constantly. I mean, every time the Federal Reserve comes out with new numbers, you can see that uh, unsecured credit card debt is just rising and rising. And uh, there's about using credit offers, like 5 billion new credit offers are mailed to Americans every year. So the uh, just the ability of people to borrow is what's putting a lot of them in trouble. I mean, when banks are just giving people a lot of money and huge credit lines, which you can use to your advantage, which I'm sure we'll talk about, but just in general, banks, I think, are giving people more money than, you know, in general that they can use, and so they're just using it. So just between that and, and sometimes, you know, economic difficulties in certain People's situations, not overall, I think, but uh, for the individual, you know, of course, the people are going to a lot of debt. Are, are you seeing some spillover from the subprime mortgage uh, troubles into the credit card market? Are people trying to use credit cards to keep their subprime mortgages going, or what? What is some of the spillover there? Well, I think that in, in that case, where people, you know, now that we've had this whole subprime mortgage shakeout, where, pe- where, where banks are going to try to, you know, tighten down their lending. Uh, policies, you know, before when people get these subprime mortgages, that, which are mortgages given to people who might not necessarily get them, but they'll get these mortgages at much higher rates, and um, they're, they're really stretching their budgets to the limit with these things. So one little blip or a change in interest rates is going to put them over the edge, and they're going to have to borrow money from their credit cards to survive, and now they're in a, a catch-22 as, as rates go up and their income doesn't match it. They're just going to be trapped and face the possibility of foreclosure. So that's happening. Last I heard, it's about a 15% uh, foreclosure rate on subprime mortgages and, and rising in many areas of the country. Uh, talk a little bit about what's happening in the credit card industry. There's been a lot of consolidation lately with a lot of the major players like MBA having bought by Bank of America and Bank One by J.P. Morgan Chase. What is the state of the, the credit card industry now compared to, say, 10 years or so ago? Well, yes, yeah, certainly now there are fewer and fewer um uh, issues, issuers of cards. I know personally I've got a lot of credit cards. I've got like 80 cards. And uh, for many reasons, and I'm sure we'll go into those later, but the bottom line is uh, I used to have them with many banks, and now they're all through all this consolidation. Um, one bank's acquiring a whole bunch of cards. Now, even if you just have a few credit cards, um, if they're all purchased by one bank, what could happen to people is uh, you know, these banks will either reduce your limits or even close some of those accounts. And that could hurt your credit score because your credit score are, is based on, you know, available credit, uh, credit usage, and also how long you've had your accounts. So, as far as you know, that state of the industry affecting the consumer. Is there evidence that uh, the, the consolidation in the industry uh, is causing banks to raise fees and interest rates that they wouldn't have before because there would have been more competition? Uh, that's a great question. Although I think that uh, you know, banks, you know, my feeling is that they want to raise rates and increase fees for any reason possible. And if they tell you otherwise, I just wouldn't believe it. Um, I mean, just look at their behavior over the last couple decades. 
moving to places like Delaware or South Dakota, wherever the um, the laws are in favor of the banks. They're going to go there, so that way they can raise rates, raise fees to whatever they want. And I think it's just a matter of uh, slowly, you know, creeping those rates up. I mean, look, late fees are now, some of them are over $50 for a late fee. Jeez, that's like that's like being robbed in an alley. And yeah. having someone take all the money out of your wallet, $50 for being a day late. And half the time, you're not even a day late. There's, some banks have actually held payments and blame the consumer, and if consumers don't complain, they'll just, they'll just take the money. Yeah. So I know I make it sound like the banks are completely evil. They're not totally evil. Just say, let's say, 90%. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now, as you have not seen, that there's less competition, uh, and therefore uh, banks that used to have compete with each other, like a Bank of America and MBNA, for example, now being under one roof, that is not affecting rates and fees, you don't think? Well, I think you're right to think that it does. Yeah, I think that... Uh, it just gives them more leverage to, to do that because they want to. So w- with that consolidation, sure, you're going to see that. Uh, but people still have choices and places to turn and other banks to use, which you know, that's really your only protection from the banks is your ability to have credit options. That's why it's important to have more than one credit card. Now, this is a big point you're making is that uh, the consumer is more in control than the banks. Most people would think that the banks are in control and the consumers at their mercy. How do you see it the other way? Well, I see it because, um, you know, the banks still, they want to make money and it costs them about two to $300 in, in marketing to get a profitable customer, so a, a, a profitable client. And, uh, you know, once they have you, they want to make money because, you know, it costs them money to send the mailings, to buy lists with your name on it. Um, to get you to fill out the application, so they want they want to earn money from you. They want you to use that card. They want to want you to you know spend money on interest. So they have a an, uh, you know they're motivated to get you to use the card. So they want to keep you. That's your only leverage. That's why if you only have one credit card and they raise your rate, man, you're trapped. You're going to be at their mercy. But if you have multiple credit cards, then the banks will be at your mercy. I have not paid any interest. In about 10 years now, I mean 0%. And I use my credit cards all the time. I have balances over $10,000. I just have 0%. And even when I have uh, credit offers at 0% that are more money than my actual debt, I'll just take that cash and put it in a money market and actually earn money. Basically, Jordan, I'm trying to break even for the time where they had me. When I was younger, didn't know as much, and I was paying some interest. Now, I've got a lot of credit options. I'm working on this all the time, and I have more pleasure also knowing that everyone else is saving money too. Every time I get an email about someone that saved like fifteen thousand, twenty thousand dollars listening to me, I feel like I'm breaking even even more. <laughs> um, now, uh, tell people a little bit about the newsletter you have, DebtSmart, and, and what kind of services are offered there. Sure. Well, DebtSmart.com is uh, a website that I created just to give people uh, all the information they need to save as much money as they can on their credit cards and debt, how to use credit wisely, how to be in control of the creditors instead of having them be in control of us. I've got like over 700 articles. I've got features on there like household math, which is very important. Being able to do the math is so important because that's how the bank can really trick you. If you can figure out the math, you can pick the better deal every time. So I have a whole household math section where I present problems that are practical and show people how to figure out their money. Of course, I have my books there for sale. Um, at a reduced rate, I might add all three books for the price of one. Um, I have some videos there that I've made, but for the most part, my free email newsletter 
uh, goes out every other week, and I have all kinds of information in there, articles. If uh, people write in and ask me questions, I usually will post one of those uh, question and answers every couple weeks. And I try to get to everyone who writes, although a lot of people are writing in. I do my best. And I also have contributing writers, and I do book reviews. I have a lot of great books up there, like yours, as a matter of fact, Master Your Money Type. Um, I really love that section you did on uh, the Desperados. The Desperados. I call them the Debt Desperados, that's right. <laughs> that's great. But uh, that's so true. And I like to present, you know, I'll bring all that kind of information, new books, new videos, new topics, new ways to save money to people uh, at DebtSmart.com. Again, I'm speaking uh, with Scott Bilker, who's the uh, author and editor of DebtSmart.com, and he's done several books. Uh, one called uh, Talk Your Way Out of Credit Card Debt, which we're going to get into uh, in, in some more detail. You talk about people having options. Now, is this only for people who have good credit? I mean, if you have a low credit score uh, and you only have one or two cards, it may be difficult to get other credit. Are those people kind of trapped at this point? Maybe to some degree and maybe just for now. Um, they're not going to, you know, if you have some trouble with your credit, if you have a low score, say something less than, Six, uh, 700 or 650 which would definitely make it more difficult to get the best deals it's still not over because that stuff's not held against you forever as time goes by your credit score will increase as long as you take action to make it better take action by paying on time that's the biggest sin when it comes to handling your bills is paying late so if you pay on time and if you start today whatever happened in the past you know is gone you know, that the past is the past. Start today to focus on paying your bills on time, getting organized. You start doing that, even if your credit score is not that great today, time will come where it's improved. So, sure, you might not get the best rates today, but the idea is to just to get, to get new cards or negotiate your rates down to something better than you have now. So if your best rates are 30% now because you've had a whole bunch of problems and you've been late and they've raised your rates, just go to 25 and then next week shoot for 20 a month later, go for 18. And if you do that and you're vigilant and focused, you will come to the point where you're, where you're like me, getting 0% offers all the time, 1.99% forever, great deals. One of the things you said is important is to pay on time. What are some of the tricks that the banks are playing these days uh, to make payments late, even though they might have arrived on time? <laughs> well, one of them has been uh, they, they blame, well, they'll, they'll send the payments to like third-party uh, companies that'll give them or cash the checks for them and they'll hold the checks but you know some banks have been sued in the past over this and this might not be um, as big of an issue now as it used to be however um, they, if, if you're even close even if you're off by a minute or say they lose the mail or something um, they're going to charge you that late fee so and if you don't complain if you don't call and get them to waive that late fee they're just going to charge it to you the good news is I found that you know Every time, if you call to get your late fee waived, if it's the first time you've been late, they're going to waive that late fee. And you can even get old late fees waived. I've gotten a late fee waived for a friend of mine that was nine months old. That was pretty Again, incredible. It was his first time. If you have uh, several times, then they're probably not going to waive it after the second time or something, right? Yeah, if you have several of them, like say everything's messed up, you've been late like six times, you know, um, you haven't paid or you've had, you know, your rate raised and you're over your limit and everything's a mess, you can still call and say, listen, I'm getting my act together. I'm going to start sending in money. I'm going to send in a big check or whatever. Of course, you're going to have to get the money to 
Yeah, let's say like $200 and try to get going paying on time. Now, can you help me by waiving a couple of these fees, maybe dropping that fee, that over limit fee or dropping this fee, and I'm going to send in a big check today? Okay. You're going to find that they will do that. So it's still, you know, you can still do something. Okay. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman with Scott Pilker, who's the author of several books on getting out of credit card debt. And we'll be back with more tips on how to maximize your credit after this. Keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business. This is Voice America Business. You hear business show after business show all geared towards improving a company's bottom line. But what about your bottom line? How come no one ever talks about that? Finally, a show dedicated to the worker. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, the work wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, the Crow Show is aimed specifically at the worker and their environment. From work skills and technology to dealing with bosses and coworkers, the Crow Show will give you insight on how to survive and prosper in today's workplace. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, the work wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Why is Pepsi cooler than Coke? Why are iPods so popular? In 2005, how can you launch a successful brand? Want to know? Learn about the fascinating and intriguing world of graphic design and branding on Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time, Debbie Millman will provide you with a provocative look into the stimulating world of design as it intersects with contemporary culture. Hear what the experts have to say about creating, maintaining, and launching a brand in today's challenging marketplace. Join us every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellent and both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business, this is Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back. This is Jordan Goodman on The Money Answer Show. And my guest uh, this hour is Scott Bilker, uh, who is the author of several books on credit card debt. Uh, he also runs a website, uh, DebtSmart.com. Welcome back to the show, Scott. Uh, we were talking about the ways that banks uh, make it easy to pay late. Uh, what are some of the ways you've heard that their banks are doing that these days? Changing the um, the dates to uh, weekend dates, so that way, you know, when you pay, they have to you have to have it posted by the weekend day. But you know, with with all the ways the banks, with all the things the banks. 
do to get you to pay later, really impose those fees, what you have to really do is, you know, implement a strategy that's going to ensure that they can't argue when you pay on time. And the best thing to do, really, is pay online directly with them. And I don't mean pay online through your bank to their bank. I mean set up an account online with your credit card issuer. I mean, where they're debiting your bank account as opposed to you sending it to them. Is that right? Exactly. And that way you can track online exactly when they got it. Right. They're going to give you a confirmation number, and you can print that page, and you can see when it's debited from your account. And if you do that, there's no way they can argue that you paid on time because that is the absolute proof that you did it so that there's no there's no way they can hold that say it didn't get there by then or post it to a weekend day or anything like that so the strategy is just set up payments directly with each creditor now I know this is going to be you know kind of a pain especially if you have a whole bunch of creditors but you know one thing to do really is just have one organized Microsoft Word file or whatever word processor you use and uh, have you know one line for each account and have all your password info right there and always reference that when you're paying your bills. But that's the way to avoid those late payments. Now, one of the things you have at uh, DebtSmart.com uh, is a whole section on 0% uh, balance transfer offers. Yes. Uh, why is it that banks are offering 0%? Um, don't they lose money on this? And if they pe- people keep bouncing from one to another, aren't they going to continually lose money on this? You know, you think so. But uh, apparently not, because they keep doing it. In fact, I've got like 170-something cards, I believe, organized that are offering 0% transfers for new accounts. And uh, first, let me stress, though, your best balance transfer deals will come from your existing cards, because they already have you as a customer. So when they send you deals in the mail, they're going to probably have the best terms. However, if if you need to get new credit cards to reduce your rates, at DebtSmart.com, you'll see links all over the place I have for 0% transfer cards. You can go in there and find some and apply online. And, and now here's a huge tip for applying online or even on a paper application. When you apply for a credit card, a new one, at a low rate, some of them are like 4.9% forever on all transfers. Do a balance transfer during the application process. It doesn't have to be a lot, a couple hundred dollars. This way, the bank well, there'll be a higher probability of you getting accepted for that credit card. Because they want you to take out a bigger amount, is the idea. Right. They want, basically, they're I, counting on the 0% expiring and then going up to some higher rate, and that's when they start earning money. They're assuming people are not going to watch. Is that the idea? Yeah, they assume people are not going to watch. In fact, I've, I've had, uh, when I've talked to reps on the phone, um, and when they offer me low rates, I asked them why they're doing this, and they said, well, people are going to forget. And that's right. That's why you think, though, that they're losing money, but they're not because not everyone is debt smart. <laughs> so everyone, you know, you have to stay on top of all of, you know, all these dates. After you do a balance transfer, if it, if, if it expires, you have to, to mark the calendar. But as far as these banks go, clearly, by the very fact that they're offering all these 0% deals, it benefits them. If it didn't, they would not do it. So the majority of people are, are making mistakes and are getting hit with those higher rates. And, and even if they don't, when those terms end or um, or they pay off that balance, now they have their new customer. And not everyone's going to be motivated enough and focused enough to continually transfer their balances like, say, I do. Although I hope everyone listening does it because you're going to save the most money by doing these things. Now, in some cases, the banks would be making a fee uh, on a balance transfer, a balance transfer fee of some kind. 
and so they could be making money that way, and some would have an annual fee as well, right? So they're, yeah. they're making some money on these things. Some money, but, you know, if, it's, if, if you can transfer enough money, if it's like $10,000 and there's only, uh, you know, $100 worth of fees, then it's going to beat any kind of interest rate that you have going right now because uh, that's nothing comparatively. So it's important. That's why it's important to do the math. And I have problems like that to explain exactly how to figure out those numbers. Um, but uh, yeah, it, I think banks, for the most part, people are making those mistakes. And in fact, let's face it though, the, the market is saturated. Banks are constantly going after new customers. And the only way they're going to get profitable, high quality customers is to steal them from other banks. And the only way they're going to entice someone that's going to be that's going to make the money to do that is to offer them that low rate. And so that's why that 0% is so prevalent out there these days. Yes. One question I hear all the time um, is um, uh, when you're switching your, um, you know, your balances around from one place, when you're surfing your balances from one place to another, um, isn't that going to hurt your credit score? And, and uh, you know, if you do a lot of that, isn't that really negative for your credit? You know, uh, yeah, I, 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 hear, I hear that a lot, but that's just not the case. Because when you, change, when you switch your balances from one place to another, it doesn't really affect anything on your credit report. In fact, it makes you look like you're paying on time more because you're paying everything off. So your credit score is, uh, f part of it is a function of your credit usage, which is how much you owe divided by how much you could possibly borrow. So if you owe 1000 and your max is 10000 you've got a 10% credit usage. So if you transfer it to another card, your credit usage is still 10%. And so it's not going to really affect your credit score at all. Uh, what are some of the other major myths and misperceptions that people have about what, how things are being affecting uh, their credit score? Okay, one of them is that closing accounts is going to raise your credit score. That's a myth because closing accounts can actually hurt your credit score. Again, when we look at this credit usage thing, um, it, by, when you close an account and you re, just because it has a zero balance, you're reducing your available credit. By reducing that, you're going to increase your credit usage. So if you owe a thousand, but you have a ten thousand dollar credit line on a few cards, that's ten percent. And say one of the cards is a five thousand dollar limit, you close that. Now you owe a thousand on five thousand. It's twenty percent credit usage. So that's one way to hurt your score. Another way closing accounts to hurt your score is um, account account uh, age. You're losing good credit history, is what you're saying. Exactly. If you had a good uh, payment history on a card, then you close it. You lose that good credit history. Yeah, well, it might still be reported as, as that you paid it on time, but also the account age of the cards that you have is, is a contributing factor. So if you have a, if you had an account for 20 years and you close it, now your average account age of your open accounts went down. So you want to keep those old accounts open. But, you know, if they, if they make it unbearable for you to keep them, like they're charging you a $300 annual fee, not many do that, but just say for some ridiculous reason, you know, something's really going wrong with that account and you need to close it or they just made you so mad that you want to close them, um, then you might have to do it. Otherwise, I would highly recommend not closing accounts because when you close your account, you close your options. What I have found is that as soon as you pay off one credit card, within two weeks, that card is going to send you an offer to transfer your balance at a great rate. It could be 1.99% forever for the transfer balance, 0% for six months, 0% for a year. As soon as you pay them off, their computers are saying to themselves, ah, we're not making money. How can we make some money? Send them an offer. Get them back. Mm -hmm. So what, what good exercise to do just for fun. You transfer your balance, you'll see. Within two weeks, that car's going to send you an offer, and it's going to be a pretty good one. 
So if you don't close your account but you pay your balance off, you'll get a good offer after that as well? Yes. If you don't close it and just pay it off, you bet you'll get a good offer. And if you don't get one, there still might be one there. You can always call them and say, hey, you guys missed my profitable money. <laughs> if you have a credit offer for me, if you have a good offer for me now, give me a low rate. Give me 0% for six months. If you do that, I'll start using you again or I'll transfer my balance. This is really powerful around the holidays or before going on a vacation. Just call them up and say, hey, I'm going to Hawaii for three weeks. I could use you. I could use someone else. Give me a good deal. Give me 0% of purchases for six months. And I will use your card. And they might all of a sudden come up with something. How much power does the rep that you start the conversation with have to give you those kind of deals? Or do you have to go to supervisors to get those better deals? Yeah, that's another good point, is that sometimes you'll have to go to supervisor to get some of these deals. You know, a lot of deals might be available right with the first rep you talk to because these things could be sitting right on your account and you don't even know about them until you call. So sometimes you will have to ask a supervisor. So always be prepared to be patient and, and ask to speak to the supervisor. But, uh, you know, if you're persistent, you'll, you'll be able to get these things done. Are there some ways to talk to supervisors that are good and bad that are going to be more and less effective? Hmm. Yeah, well, I always try to be nice to them. You know, I, I don't want to start out um, giving them a hard time. Ultimately, I just want the result. So I'm just kind of blunt with them. You know, like, look, I've had this card. You want to mention how long you've had your card. Maybe even talk about how much money you spent on your card. You know, like, hey, you know, last year I spent 20000 on my card or whatever. I've had this card for 10 years, and I'd really like to continue using it, but I can't with these terms. I can't unless you give me some reason to use you because I've got other credit cards. It's, always, it's kind of a mild threat that you have to say, that if you don't shape up, then I'm going elsewhere. Exactly. And, and that's, that really is the power we have as consumers. And I think that's the only thing that's going to protect us because it seems to me the laws really aren't doing such a great job, especially when you look at this bankruptcy reform. And then you look at, uh, you know, the banks being able to move around to places where they can raise all their rates and fees through the roof. So, but the true protection is capitalism. If you have other, you know, if you make them compete for your business, you will be in control. What are the effects of the bankruptcy law that went into effect in 2005 on, have they raised their rates or they're being tougher on people now? What has been the effect of that on credit card companies? Uh, well, for, for the credit card companies, you know, a lot of, um, as far as their perspective goes, it's, uh, they're going to have a better shot of getting payment. So threats of bankruptcy might not be as effective as they were before. However, if you're in that category of, of being able to claim bankruptcy, then, um, you know, they'll know that also. So uh, for the most part, banks know that uh, um, they're going to get something where before they didn't. And, and as far as consumers go, you're not going to be able to claim Chapter 7 as easily. So you won't be able to remove all your debts as easily. It's going to be based on other other uh, parameters. Very good. Okay, uh, this is Jordan Goodman on the Money Answer Show, and I'm speaking to Scott Bilker, uh, who's the author of several books on uh, credit card debt. Uh, talk Your Way Out of Credit Card Debt, we're going to talk about after the break. Uh, credit Card Debt Management, he's the editor of a new a online website called Debt Smart. And I hope you're learning a lot. We'll be back after this to find out more about how to make the most of your credit card debts. We'll be back after this. Bottom line in business talk. Voice America Business. 
Tune in every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time for The Growth Strategist with Aldana Ambler. On the show, Aldana and some of today's top business professionals will discuss some of today's most pressing business issues that hold you, the business owner, back. Aldana will also give you 21 ways to grow with her list of growth strategies. Grow smart, grow profit, and grow your business with Aldana Ambler and The Growth Strategist every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time right here on the bottom line in business talk voice america business it has been said that to live is to choose but to choose well you must know who you are and what you stand for where you want to go and why you want to get there on reap what you sow with host performance management specialist and executive coach alana daily achievement and success through expanding yourself and your life is available at the click of a mouse reap through redefining your goals educate your mind your body your conscious and unconscious Apply what you learn and plan, and it shall be. Success over and over again, and wealth result when you reap regularly. Reap what you sow with Alana Daily, broadcast each Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. Reap what you sow, learn the rules of the game, then play better than anyone else. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business, this is Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back. This is Jordan Goodman on The Money Answer Show. Uh, my guest this uh, hour is Scott Bilker, uh, who is the author of several books, one called Talk Your Way Out of Credit Card Debt. He also runs a uh, website called Debt Smart which has all kinds of tips on how to make the most of your debt. Welcome back to the show, Scott. Thanks, Jordan. Let's talk about your book, uh, Talk Your Way uh, Out of Credit Card Debt. Before we get into some of the details, I mean, how is that possible? Most people think uh, the banks are uh, pretty rigid about these things and there's not much you can do to talk your way out of uh, credit card debt. You're right. You know, People feel like they're at the mercy of the bank, but that's just not the case. They want to keep us as, as customers. We have a lot of power because we decide how we spend our money and where it is. So, you know, if you, you can negotiate for better deals. You know, I started doing it out of basically necessity because I just couldn't pay these ridiculous fees and rates. And I was surprised earlier on to, re- to find out, you know, that uh, they were willing to make adjustments. Right, let's start. The, the first uh, area is annual fees. Um, first of all, what's been happening with annual fees overall? Have they been rising? What, what are the average annual fees these days? Uh, average annual fees are like $50, but they can be anywhere. There are actually some like special super credit cards for the rich that are like 3000 But for normal people, let's say you figure you could have them as high as you know $100 for certain cards. But what what the is the I, process involved in getting an annual fee waived? Yeah, to, to get annual fee waived, um, typically, you know, if you get your credit card statement, you see the annual fee, give them a call and say, listen, got my card, I see an annual fee, 
can you waive that fee for me? It could be as simple as that, and the rep just waive the fee right there. Um, if you have to ask to speak to a supervisor, you might have to go through that same routine again, but chances are you get it waived. Now, there are the, the biggest exception is going to be certain rewards cards, like frequent flyer miles. In cases like that, they're going to say that, well, we can't waive that annual fee because that pays for the reward. Well, geez, the merchants actually pay extra when you make a charge, and it's a rewards card. So they're kind of full of it there. <laughs> you no, know. The, the, the discount fee the merchant pays right. is higher if it's got, like, American Airlines, United Airlines on it than it would be if it was not a rewards card. Yes, so everyone's paying. You know, the merchants are paying, you're paying the annual fee. But the way around this is simply, well, can we change to a different card? Sometimes they'll even recommend that. They'll even say, well, we can put you in a different card, but, you know, it's not going to have the rewards. So I say fine. But you have to really evaluate, you know, if you really take advantage of these rewards. So, of course, if you're getting more in rewards than you are for the annual fee, it could be worth it. So it's always important to look that stuff over. As far as, you know, annual fees go, they're relatively easy to have waived. I would say as far as the frequent flyer cards, you really want to get one card where you pile up all your mileage on an airline you're going to use the most. A lot of people get several cards. They diffuse all of their spending over many cards, and then they ne never get enough points to use or the points expire, and, you know, it's kind of a waste that way. So well, you're exactly right. You know, it's a, it, when you do choose a rewards card, you really want to, you know, hit it hard so you can get those rewards. Personally, for me, I really don't uh, like the, the frequent flyer miles. I really don't fly anywhere, but even if I did, those programs change, and sometimes it's hard to evaluate the 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 uh, you know the value of the actual mile depending on which airline you're at and so I go for more of the cash rewards. Uh, my favorite one that I've been using now for a while is the Regal Entertainment card. Uh, there's a Regal Theater near me, and for the last two years we have not paid anything to see a movie. I mean nothing. And mm -hmm. at the family of five, popcorn the works like seventy dollars to go to a movie. We have not paid to see a movie in two years, and we go frequently. Uh, of course, I can get a little more usage out of the regular person with my credit cards because, you know, I have to. I have some business expenses. If you have a if you have a small business, then you could really benefit from using a rewards card. You have to use reward cards because you're going to get, you know, whether it's cash back or some kind of cash certificate. You really should look into finding one that's going to work for you because you've got a lot of expenses. You can get a lot of money back. Yeah. Okay, so that's on the annual fee and saying in many cases you can uh, get that waived. Yes. Now, the next area is uh, late payments, uh, over-limit, and cash advance fees. Uh, again, you wouldn't think maybe the late payment the first time you're late, but after that you wouldn't think banks would normally uh, waive those. H how can you get them to waive or reduce the late payment, over-limit fees, and cash advance fees? You know, again, th these are fairly simple when you can call up and say, listen, I, I noticed the late payment fee, you know, can you waive that fee? If it's your first time, that's all you're going to really have to say. If they don't waive it the first time, you definitely got to think about leaving. And, you know, with any of these negotiations, if they don't do what you want, you need to punish them by transferring your balances. Uh, but, again, for a second late payment, it's definitely going to be a little tougher. You're going to have to bring a case. In fact, in my book, which, by the way, Torturator Credit Card Debt, is a book that has 52 phone call transcripts. These are actual transcripts. I... I recorded my conversations with these people so that way I can report back exactly what you need to say and really get prepared. If you read some of the if you read the calls, you can get a feel of what it's going to be like to call, which is going to make you better prepared. Um, but when it comes to 
you know, getting that second one waived. I had a case where I was late a couple times. It was because I was paying through my bank, and they were late sending it, and I actually canceled my account, uh, which is one of the few times I did it, because they wouldn't waive the second fee. But guess what? A month later, they called me back and asked why I canceled the account, even though they knew when I did it why. And I told them why. They wouldn't waive the second late payment. So they said they'll waive that, give me a low rate for six months if I come back. So I said, sure, let's do it. So even when I closed my account, they called and begged me to come back. So, uh, and that was on a, you know, not waiving a second late fee. Mm-hmm. And how about over-limit charges? Over-limit charges, you know, again, if you're over the limit, and I'm over the limit once in a while because either, you know, someone used the card and I didn't put it in, or, you know, I try to use my reward cards to the limit anyway, so I'll raise my limits. So if you go over a dollar, it's going to be over limit. I just call up and say, listen, I noticed an over limit fee. Can you waive that? And if they don't, I say, well, I hope you enjoy that $15, or $25, $35, because that's the last amount of money you're going to get from me, because I will go from using this card to not using this card instantly. But it never has come to that. Of course, if you're over limit all the time, it may be difficult. So you definitely want to get your uh, limit increased. So call and, you know, if you use the car and you paid it on time, see, if you've paid on time, then yeah, they'll raise it for you without even asking in many cases. Yes. As soon as you call up, you know, that very first rep will do it. But if you've paid on time and you use your card, they're going to do anything you want. Yeah. Um, okay. And then uh, cash advance fees. Uh, you, again, that's kind of written in the contract. You think they wouldn't be too flexible on that one? Yeah. And it's just for, like, balance transfers. When your existing account, they might send you an offer um, saying, you know, We'll give you a zero percent for whatever, but you know there's a cash advance fee of three percent. You could call them up and say, "Listen, I'll do that, but I don't want to pay the cash advance fee." Now, typically, they might not totally waive that fee, but what they might, what they could do, is say, "Well, you could say, listen, if I transfer my balance on the phone with you right now, can you waive that fee?" So you kind of give them a way to save face, and I've gotten, I've gotten it waived that way, where instead of me writing the check, I do the balance transfer with them, and they waive the fee. I've even had one case where they they split the fee in half. They didn't charge me the full fee. They cut it in half. So the bottom line is you can negotiate those fees. So you're saying if you're a good customer, the bank, you get the bank to beg you to come back, in effect. As yes, to always. Because, you know, they want, to make, they want to know they can make money. If you are profitable to them, they will definitely fight to get you back. Now, if you're transferring your balances around 0% all the time and you're not paying annual fees, you're not paying over limit charges, why are you profitable to them? <laughs> Well, you know what? That's a good point. If you use the cards, if you use your credit cards, period, you're profitable to them. Because, And you're right, though. If you don't carry a balance, they call you a freeloader. But if you use the card, you know, merchants have to pay the credit cards every time you use them. They pay a percentage of, you know, whatever the purchase is. So they're making money from everyone. So uh, just by using the card, they make money. Uh, of course, if you're transferring your balance around, they're not. But you know what? They don't really... It, at least now, I haven't had the experience where they track that. I've never called in and, they, and they've and they said, you know, well, you only use the 0% transfer here and 0% there. They really, I don't know, I guess at this point in time, they don't have that organized. Sometime in the future, though, you, you're right. There may be a time when, they, when you call up and they'll be like, you know, look, dude, you've got, you paid 0% for three years. We're not going to reduce your rate. You know, maybe that's on the horizon. That's not the situation right now. Not right now. I certainly have never heard of it, and I've never experienced it. So the good news from Scott is that you can lower all these different fees. 
Uh, and again, I'm speaking with Scott Bilker, who is the editor of uh, the DebtSmart.com uh, website and several books about credit. We're referring now to a book called uh, Talk Your Way Out of Credit Card Debt. Uh, so that's on the fees. Now, on the interest rates, uh, how can you get banks uh, to lower your interest rates uh, if they're pretty high and, and you know, even if you have good credit re- re- record? You know, and uh, banks know that they're not the only game in town. If you have other credit cards, um, you can always transfer your balances. So, you know, same kind of strategy. I call them up and say, listen, you're charging me 18%. That's unacceptable. I want to use you. But I got other cards that charge less. So if if you want me to continue using you, you got to charge me a reasonable rate. I've been a good customer. I expect to be treated well. You know, that's something everyone's got to keep in mind is that, you know, they need to treat us well because we're the ones paying money. So I expect a fair rate. You know, I know they're not going to give us, you know, 0% all the time forever, although I've gotten that for the last decade. But I expect any single bank to charge me a reasonable rate all the time. And if they don't do it, I'd have to speak to a supervisor. And again, if they don't do it, I would definitely transfer my balance to another card. And I call up another card and say, listen, I'll transfer my balance if you give me a good deal. And if they have a zero balance, they'll be motivated to do so. So you transfer your balance, and, and like we were talking about before, two weeks later, that bank will give me a good offer. So sometimes I'm a little more brazen now, Jordan. I'll, t- I'll talk to these guys and say, listen, you can lower my rate now on my balance, say 10%. Or, well, now it's lower, say 6%. Or, this is what's going to happen. Right now, you're making something. If you don't do it, I'm going to transfer my balance, and, well, you'll be making nothing. And I won't close your account. And in six months, you're going to send me, within a few weeks, you'll send me another offer, and you'll be sending them to me every, every two weeks for a while. And then six months from now, you'll send me a 0% offer, and I'll take that. And now, you'll be making, well, nothing. So a year from now, you'll have made nothing. I'll still be using you. Mm-hmm. You can lower it to seven percent or whatever, and make that or make nothing. Your choice. What do you consider a reasonable rate in today's environment? Well, again, you know that would have to be, uh, you know, dependent on your personal credit situation. But I have to say, in general, for a credit card, less than ten percent. Yeah, even though the, the prime is at eight and a quarter, and they're not making a margin on that, uh, it's still you think reasonable. I think reasonable for your, you know, I think less than ten percent. Reasonable amount. Okay. Good. All right. Well, we're going to uh, come back with Scott uh, for our last break after this. Uh, this again is uh, Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. I'm speaking with Scott Bilker, uh, who's the editor of the DebtSmart.com website. Uh, we've been sp- about speaking about his book, uh, Talk Your Way Out of Credit Card Debt, uh, phone calls that banks, phone calls to banks that save you uh, lots of interest charges and fees. So we'll be back after this. The bottom line in business talk. Voice America Business. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellent 
in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Achieve Total Wealth Management. Listen to Three Dimensional Wealth with Rory Diefendorf every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern, right here on Voice America Business. Three Dimensional Wealth is a show dedicated to teaching you a value-based approach to comprehensive wealth management through practical strategies and expert advice. Take your first step down the road to financial independence. Listen to Three Dimensional Wealth with Rory Diefendorf Mondays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern, here on the Bottom Line in Business Talk, Voice America Business. Have you ever had a bad day and wish someone could come along and change it at the flip of a switch? Do you dream of living the life of wealth, great relationships, and the perfect job, but don't know where to start? Then tune into The Winner's Attitude with corporate trainers, motivators, authors, and hosts, Jeff and Val G. No difficult strategies or complicated keys. Jeff and Val present a powerful and effective technology to switch your operating system to create the most amazing life. It has been said that winners have simply formed the habit of doing amazing things. Winners know how to activate that switch and so can you the winner's attitude with jeff and val g broadcast each friday at 8 a.m pacific 11 a.m eastern on the voice america business channel the winner's attitude switch me on the bottom line in business talk voice america business You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back. This is Jordan Goodman on The Money Answer Show. Uh, my guest this hour is Scott Bilker, uh, who's the author of Talk Your Way Out of Credit Card Debt. Uh, his website is DebtSmart.com, all kinds of resources to help you get the best deals on uh, credit cards. Let's talk about that a little bit, Scott. Where, where are some of the places you would shop uh, to get the best interest rates on credit cards today? Well, the, the best really the best place to start shopping is with your current cards by giving them a call and um, seeing if you can reduce your rates or seeing if they have any deals available because you have a relationship with them and that relationship you can use to really get them to, to do something for you. Um, if you're going shopping for new cards at, at my website, DebtSmart.com, it's D-E-B-T-S-M-A-R-T.com. You can find a whole list of cards from 0% cards, low introductory rate cards, to just regular low interest cards that I've organized there to help people, you know, be able to apply online right there. And um, if, if you have no credit cards that, you know, if they're all, if all your current cards really have high rates and they're not going to move, the only way to teach them a lesson is to transfer, transfer your balance to another card. That's the only time banks are going to get the message that they better treat you well or else you'll leave them. And, again, you don't want to cancel your accounts. Just transfer your balance. They'll know, and they will, they'll do something. They'll offer you something in the future. It will absolutely happen. Now, uh, what do you think about uh, credit counseling as a way to help people who have lots of credit card debt? Say they're at high interest rates and the banks really aren't budging. Uh, people often go to credit counseling as a way out. What do you think of that idea? Uh, well, you know, I have mixed feelings about credit counseling. You know, I, I certainly would consider credit counselors as voluntary debt collection agencies because they are getting paid what's called the fair share from the very banks that they're going to help you pay back. So in a way, in, in some way, they're like debt collectors and, because they're paid by your creditors. But at the same time, not everyone may be able to do these things and be as focused and, 
and be on top of this. I mean, if you have some trouble with this and it's not your thing, I mean, I always recommend you do, you have, you know, you do everything yourself in this area because it'll always be with you, your financial situation. But if you need help, you should definitely check out the background of a credit counselor. If you find someone good, you know, ask a friend who, uh, you know, who's had a positive experience, you know, then that might work out. I mean, you know, not everyone can build their own house. That's why you hire contractors. So, um, even though you might be able to be taught, it might not be something for you. So, if you're in that situation, talk to credit counselors, see what they can offer you, and evaluate them as any other business that you would. And you got to stay on top of them. Even if even if you pick one and they're good, you're still going to have to stay on top of them. How does it affect your credit record if you join a so-called DMP, a debt management program, with a credit counseling organization? Yeah, and that's a very important point. You know, some, most of them actually report on your credit report that you're working with them, or, or the bank they're working with might report that, and that could hurt your credit score. And certainly, um, if you're applying for a mortgage in the future, that could be held against you. You'd think that it would be a positive. Now, some banks might see it as a positive, but for the most part, it could be a negative. So um, that's something to consider. Ask if it's going to be reported. Ask if any of the banks you're working with are going to report that. And that's basic credit counseling where you're paying back the principal in full over time at a lower interest rate. Uh, but how about debt settlement firms? You see a lot, and I get emails all the time from debt settlement places saying that they'll uh, kind of threaten the creditors <clears throat> and settle the debt at 50 cents on the dollar or something like that. Uh, how does that affect your credit different from credit counseling? And you know, I have a whole chapter about this in my book, Talk You a Credit Card Debt. It's Chapter 7, but no connection with bankruptcy, actually. Um, but where I actually negotiate a settlement for a friend of mine. And with that, with that settlement is, you know, they'll basically you want to threaten that you'll claim bankruptcy, and then, uh, then unless you pay it off in, in one full payment. Uh, the key here is that if you negotiate a settlement yourself, and you can, that part of that deal is that they're not going to report it to your on your credit report, uh, which typically it will be. So if you work with a debt settlement company, they're going to do the same thing. They're going to charge you a fee though of how much they reduce your debt, and this could work out if you're if you're really far behind this might work out for you but if you're not like say you've never missed a payment and now you're thinking about that settlement it absolutely will hurt your credit score because the strategy is going to be you stop paying all your creditors and now they're all going to come after you but you save all the money and if you don't pay for a while you take that big pot of money and make a deal to pay them back in one shot and uh, you can see the ramifications here because you haven't paid your creditors so you're late you've destroyed your credit score so I wouldn't want to do that right away. If you've been paying on time, you might want to try to work something out with them. But if you're already way behind, it's definitely an option to consider. But then also at that point, bankruptcy is an option to consider as well. So um, you're not necessarily, because I've heard of a lot of uh, uh, fraudulent debt settlement companies and the Federal Trade Commission going after them for excessive fees and in general, people having some pretty bad experiences and their credit being hurt pretty badly by the debt settlement companies. Yes, like anything else, there are, there are debt settlement companies that are very fraudulent, <laughs> that they just take people's money and, uh, you know, don't do anything. There's also some that, you know, I know there are a few in the industry um, that are trying to do a good job, but if you're going to work with any company that's doing anything, whether it's credit counseling or debt settlement, you've got to look at the Better Business Bureau, BBB.org, and look them up and see if they're they're a credible place that's had any complaints. But for the most part, if you're going to do that settlement, you can do that yourself by just calling the banks and saying, listen, you know, I have to claim bankruptcy, but I'd rather not. Can I uh, Give me a number that if I pay you off, I could do it in one shot. Maybe I can borrow it from my parents or something. You know, and uh, 
tell them that's the only place you can get it. So if you, if you owe 10000 say I'll pay you 5000 well, I'll take care of it. One thing you have to look out for, though, when you do settle a debt, say you do get a $10,000 debt down to $5,000, you will get a 1099 for $5,000. You'll have to pay tax on the money that you didn't have to repay like it's income. Hmm. A lot of people get surprised by that, I would assume. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? So what? you got to pay tax on it. It's better than paying the whole 5000 you also talk in your book about uh, disputing disputes and chargebacks and errors. Uh, what kind of changes can be made when you're disputing things and, and chargebacks? Uh, well, you know, that's one of the, the greatest things about using your credit cards and why I would always say use your credit cards for purchases because if a merchant tries to rip you off, you always have a last resort of going to your credit card bank and disputing the charge, saying that you didn't, you know, you that the good faith was violated or that they didn't give you what they promised and then make the credit cards enforce um, the return. So uh, what could happen there is, like, say you buy something and it's broken and you buy it online and it's broken. You send it back. They don't give you the refund. They say it was fine or whatever. You could call your credit card company and say, listen, you know, this thing was broken. I sent it back. They're not giving me a refund. I'm going to dispute the charge. And now they have to investigate that. Chances are, if you got everything together, that you're going to get the refund, and that's definitely powerful. I've gotten, I've done disputes before, and uh, in many cases, in fact, I disputed a blockbuster late fees once, and I got all those charges refunded to my account. So it gives you more power to use a credit card than if you're, uh, in a certain way, you know, doing it with cash or checks or that kind of thing. You don't have as much power if something goes wrong after the sale. Is what you're saying? Yes, exactly. And geez, for for all the things and all the money these credit card companies make, you know, that's the best thing about using them is that you reduce your personal risk. You lose your credit card, you're not on the hook for anything. You lose your Mac card, someone steals that info, takes all the money out of your ATM, oh, man, that's a nightmare. You know, someone gets a hold of your PIN number, so it's buying stuff with your... Uh, you're with your, not a big fan of deb debit cards, then? No, not a fan at all. I'd never use them for a purchase, never, because it just exposes you for no reason. I'd rather expose the credit card companies because the law limits my losses. Where Electronics uh, Funds Transfer Act, that's what governs those ATM cards, and it's not as strong for the consumer as the credit card laws. So I, well, I wouldn't it, want to mess it, with that. In the minute or so we have left, Scott, uh, why don't I just give a general summation of how people should be dealing with credit card companies and some of the points we made. Well, they, people should absolutely know that they're in control, and it's time to call the credit card companies today, immediately. Call them and try to get your rates lowered, get those fees waived, get any kind of late fee waived that you've had in the last six months. Call them now, get it waived. Well, thanks so much, Scott. You've been an inspiration. That people can really take control and fight back with the banks and get great deals on credit cards. <laughs> Thank uh, you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on the show today, Jordan. This, again, has been uh, uh, Scott Bilker, uh, the author of Talking Way Out of Credit Card Debt. Uh, his website is DebtSmart.com, uh, and I'm Jordan Goodman, your host on The Money Answer Show. Hope you found it enjoyable, and we'll be back next week. Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week. Keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of